You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 104. We're going with a little different format today, being that's the international break. Jimmy and Brandon are not with me today. I actually have my good friend Brian with me, and you guys will find out why in just a second. Brian is not really a Calcio fan, first time really venturing into the Romaverse, but Brian had the opportunity to go to Rome recently and made his first voyage to the Olympico. So Brian, how are you doing today? Doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's start off. Like I said, you're not a Calcio fan. You're not can't really say you're a Roma fan before this trip. So, how did all this start? How did you end up getting to a match at the Olimpico? All right. So I typically spend uh, summers or at least one time a year in Italy, going through various regions and cities. This is a super short trip that we had planned, and you and I put our heads together to brainstorm on things that we can do that aren't touristy, away from the normal crowds, to just hang out, immerse ourselves in culture, and spend some time. And you and I looked at the Roma soccer schedule and happened to be playing Atalanta and both light bulbs went off and we we booked tickets yeah you asked me if you should go and I said for sure <laughs> had to live vicariously through you for the weekend it's been 15 years since I've been to the Olympico for a, a live match when I was in Italy for my study abroad the rest of the matches I've seen involved in summer you know tour friendlies here in the United States so I definitely want to get back one of these days and hopefully maybe at the new stadium that they keep talking about. But um, so let's talk about the, the match day experience. So what's your background as a fan for the most part as a, as an American, what do you generally follow? What kind of games you should go to? And then we can kind of talk about your experience as a, you know, going to a match in Italy. I'm a general sports enthusiast, native New Yorker, love New York Islanders hockey, like some other New York teams. Um, I wouldn't call myself a major sports enthusiast outside of hockey and golf, but find myself following the Yankees and the Giants and uh, what's happening in the sports universe. I think as I reflect on my experience at the Roma game, when when I travel, I like to just immerse myself, whether it's through a play, opera, 
sporting event. And whenever I travel, I tend to look at calendars and see what's happening in each city. So when I'm traveling for work, traveling personally with friends, I always find myself at a game, whether it's a baseball game, a hockey game. I've been to a dozen different cities and seen both the Islanders and other home matches and felt that aroma match in peak September was the perfect way to disconnect from what was happening here in the U.S. and general work and life and really just dive into Roman culture. Yeah, so lucky for you, Roma was home that weekend, not Lazio, because I would not have promoted you going to a Lazio match. But um, yeah, it sounds like what I do with my wife. I drag her around every time we've been on like a summer trip and there's a minor league baseball team nearby. I drag her and she ends up enjoying it, but she complains afterwards and, you know, that stuff. So I'm glad Megan was open to the experience of going to the match. Let's talk about the match day experience. What was it like getting to the stadium as as an American, not that familiar with the city layout and things like that? So it was a 6 p.m., match start and we landed that morning at 7 30 a.m so we knew that we'd have a, a roller coaster of a day uh power napped and by the time we woke up had a bite to eat it was three o'clock and realized that we'd start heading up towards the stadium it's not that accessible from your traditional downtown city center so we were staying over by trevi piazza di spagna and barberini and there's no easy way to get there. You can take a metro and transfer to the tram. You could take two buses. You could scooter. Or it's about a 55-hour walk all the way up the Tiber River. And you sort of wind up in this communist architectural Olympic sports center. So we wound up taking a taxi. And we said, you know what? Uh, let's hop in a taxi. A little bit easier. It's mindless versus transferring on the day that we arrived a little bit in zombie mode. And we had a really interesting meandering ride up through the north of Rome to get to the Olympic Center. And we found ourselves about 20 minutes in, just in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, swarmed by hordes of people, hopping off buses, hopping off scooters and these tremendous lots just full of motorcycles and scooters. And we hopped out and wound up walking 10 or 15 minutes over the little footbridge up to the stadium. Yeah, that's what I remember, too. I mean, it's been a while, but I remember it's definitely on the, not the outskirts, but it's further out in the city. And I remember taking a bus, I think, the the one time I went. Um, went to a second match there um, with a couple people from SA Broad, and we ended up doing that walk back to the center city. It was about an hour walk back. We It was a nice day in, like, May, and we meandered our way back to the city. But it's it's not that accessible. I mean, most American sports stadiums, too, they're not really center city unless you're talking about, like, an MSG or a place like that. So, we're kind of used to that to the difference is you're not driving the car right you're not familiar with driving out to the coliseum or now ubs or yankee stadium or something so um definitely as a if you're going to rome for the first time definitely plan ahead and how you're going to get to the the olympico i know with the new stadium the whole, the whole thing is where they're going to build it because rome you know there's ruins everywhere they they dig a you know four by four patch of dirt and they find some ancient roman things that they can't you know disturb and it's it's been a whole process but you know, accessibility is a big thing with the new American ownership, the Freakins, they're, they're going to want a stadium that is accessible to the fans, it's modern, and that people are going to want to go to for concerts and other things as well. And Location is certainly tough in an ancient city like Rome that's got so much uh, infrastructure ready. So once you got there, no, go ahead, I you ready to say something. Yeah, I, it's important to put in, and we'll talk about sort of perception going in and then the reality of what the experience was like. But there's an element of Roman culture, and I've spent a good amount of time there, that they're not there to service you. 
And yes, it would be nice if there was a single bus line versus worrying about a transfer. Now, the locals, it it doesn't matter to them, right? They're hopping on a scooter. They know the bus lines. It just wasn't easy. So we actually went up walking home, but it was easy. We sort of followed the hordes. We stopped along the way for a bite to eat. And we broke it up versus you sort of look on a, a Google Maps and city planner and it's a, a daunting hour walk if you if you do want to hoof it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure the Freakins have that in mind with you know their experiences as, as Americans and, and the American stadium experience, which is very different, which we'll get into. So when you got there, one thing I do remember is outside the stadium, you mentioned that like, because it was built for the Olympics, you have like those Olympic like statues and things like that. Was there any kind of fan zone, any kind of experience outside the stadium prior to the match? Zero. 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 Uh, there are no garbage cans in the city of Rome. So there's garbage, <laughs> beer cans, bottles absolutely everywhere. And just hordes of people doing their own thing. Very few tourists that we ran into. It was 100% Italian, which was really fun. But outside of just a, a couple of DJ tent setups, there was very little fan interaction and game day experience. It was, it was all business. I mean, architecturally, you've got an old cement and metal structure. That's about it. There's not much there. It's zero frills. It's a super old building. And even from a security standpoint, you can't really walk a concourse. You're only allowed by QR code to enter your specific portion or zone of the arena. So you need to find your way to, you know, you're one of four or five or six sections. You go through a turnstile and then you're, you're in your area. Yeah, certainly an older stadium built in the, the 20s for the Olympics, remodeled, I think, before the 1990 World Cup. So it certainly is an older venue. And I do remember security was very different when I went to, you know, when you buy tickets here in the U.S., you didn't have to give your passport ahead of time. I remember, I don't know if it's still the same now, but when I bought them, and this is when the fan finals was a little worse, I think, 15 years ago, you actually had to, like, show a passport to buy the ticket in the Roma store. I bought it in person uh, a couple of days before the match. Is it still the same kind of experience when you did it online? So we purchased the tickets aftermarket or third party on Via Gogo, which is sort of a U.S. equivalent of a StubHub or I guess TicketNow and some of those other platforms. And we did have to provide our name, date of birth and address. And that was cross-checked at the first security stop when we went in. So it didn't require a passport. We brought them anyway. We just showed our U.S. driver's licenses and we were good. Yeah, I remember when I went to the... Um... Italy match and the last time I was in Italy about I think like six seven years ago and they played at the the Allianz in in Turin I had to do the same for the Italy England match you had to give I bought tickets for myself and my buddy here in the states and two of my Italian cousins and we had to give each person's name address and it was a whole process to actually get all that done so that's something to plan ahead for as well make sure you have some kind of ID with you at the stadium so you get in the stadium let's talk about what maybe were your expectations of an Italian stadium Versus the reality that you mentioned. So you go through, to go back a step, there's like three different security checkpoints going through turnstiles with very little help. It's sort of, here are the security guards wanting you down. There's no direction. There's no signage. It's pretty poor. And uh, I should have taken a picture of my stub for you to even tweet out. But uh, it's hard to even understand where you're going. So we went in. We got stuck at the first turnstile, didn't know what section or name of the section of the stadium we were in because it wasn't on our ticket. And we finally found a really nice uh, gentleman working security that just said, just keep walking right. And we hit the right turnstile. 
from an expectation standpoint, try not to have too many expectations going in. I've always found travel experiences are best suited when you sort of roll with it and don't try to compare it to your expectations for a brand new arena that we're experiencing in the US. You know, Rome is thousands of years old. I think that there's already a general understanding that from a facility standpoint and general Italian facilities aren't the nicest. Fiumicino and FCO, the international terminal is new and beautiful, but I didn't have many expectations and tried to just roll with it and see what it was like without trying to compare it ahead of time without any context. Yeah. So you've been to plenty of stadiums in the U S and in Canada. We've been to hockey games in Canada together, right? The bell center, which is a, a great hockey venue, the biggest I've ever seen. And, you know, I got the new UBS, but we've also been to games at the Coliseum and, uh, some of these kind of things. So how did they compare to like some of the worst and best stadiums you've been to here to put it kind of maybe in perspective for someone who hasn't been to uh, a match in, in Italy? I want to respect the heritage of the place and the history of Stadio Olimpico, uh, but it is, it is quite old. And I would compare it to more of a D3 collegiate facility. It is just concrete metal no concessions one restroom per section and that's really it the coliseum while quite old was felt modern in comparison right you've got some electronics and screens inside which are great but that's about it i think the other element that we'll talk about where we sat you're set back pretty significantly because of the olympic track the setback for the sidelines so while we were six rows up on the defending side for Roma, the view, since we had a very flat, long view, wasn't great. So I think in hindsight, had we known and done a little bit more research into the layout, being a bit higher up probably would have been better from a visibility and view standpoint. Yeah, when I went there, I sat in a quarter of a suit, and even there, you're even further set back because then the running track elongates into that curve. And that's where, you know, that's where the, the quote unquote, like uh, real fans sit, the ultras and everything. And it was cool to sit in the, the Kurva when I went with the fans singing and everything, but the distance you are from the pitch, that running track makes it very tough compared to an American soccer stadium like Red Bull Arena, which is very modern and it built in that, you know, uh, English style or German style. It's uh, not as good of a match viewing experience, definitely down low, like you said. And even when you get higher, you get a better, you know, bird's eye view, I guess, so to speak, but you're still pretty far from the pitch. So that, that old Olympic style is certainly antiquated. Red Bull Arena is a perfect contrast. It's just that Red Bull is spectacular, right? You can touch the field yeah. when you're down low. We were so set back that it was just really hard to see. Now, we we're in a, a raucous section uh, about diagonal to the Atalanta visitor section, which they only sold, it looked like two of 10 available visitor sections lined with security because they were throwing things back and forth and flags and sticks and flares but nonetheless it was good to be down low when Roma was attacking in the second half we had a really great great view yeah that that's something I don't know if you expected that part the visitor section like we go to American stadiums here and we've been to Islander Ranger games and yeah there's occasionally a fight here or there a couple of drunk hockey fans fighting but the fans are all interspersed. They're all mixed in together. You go to a match in Europe and they actually have visitor sections. They line them with security, whether it's the Champions League or Serie A or Premier League. And it's just a very different experience than you see here 
in the US where people think Americans are these crazy like people and fans, but in Europe, it's a completely different fan experience when you're on the road. Absolutely. I mean, they, they were lined with security. There was one rush in the second half where the two sides charged one another. And then the riot police came and basically occupied every row. So you had the traditional yellow jacket, stadium security, riot police creating this large buffer. And it, it was two small sections, but it was pretty vocal. Yeah, I think the worst we ever got was when we went to that hockey game in Philly and we got uh, cursed out in the bathroom. And then the guy realized, he asked if we were Ranger fans. And we said, obviously not. And he's like, all right, you're good then. So <laughs> Exactly. That That is such a key difference between a U.S. stadium experience. Even I find in, in the U.S. you tend to have general sports fans that are wearing random jerseys. Yeah. And then you're just, you know, mixed with away visitor fans, home fans. This was very much a local feeling and almost this little cage in the corner with yeah. the visitor fans. Yeah. Now, forgive the ignorant question, but Lazio and Roma play one another both home. Do you have any idea what that experience is like? As far as I know, they each get a you know designated home match. And then the one when the team's away, I think they only get their their one curva. I'm pretty sure they sold to like curva suit to Roma when Lazio's home and then vice versa when Roma's home, the Lazio fans will only get the Curva Nord from what I from what I remember from seeing it on TV because they they do have to police that pretty heavily. I don't think they let them intersperse in the stadium. And there's like a stigma too. If if even if if a Roma match is sold out, a Roma fan won't sit in the Curva Nord because that's like Lazio's and they don't want to be you know associated with with the Laziale as they as they call them. So it's a Definitely a different um, I mindset because even if you go to MetLife Stadium, right, and you're watching a Giants or Jets game, you're never going to say, "Oh, that's the Giants side. This is the Jets side." Or, or same thing with any other shared arena here in the U.S. And I'm sure there's others I'm blanking on right now, but nobody would ever think that way. For the the listeners, what could you share just about the general? And we didn't see many Lazio fans, jerseys, team stores throughout the city. I know they have a significantly smaller fan base, but what can you share just about the overall perception of the team and how it compares to Roma? So Roma feels like more of the city club where Lazio is more of the the region, I think, itself. Like you get more of the, you get certain sections of the city and more of the the greater Lazio area outside of Rome. Um, you know, there's there's politics involved too. You know, the, the Romanisti always call the Laziali fascisti because their their fan bases have generally been associated more to the to the far right where the Roma fans have been more associated with the the left side and things like that so there's certainly politics involved too but you know you're right though when you walk around Rome and even being not there for 15 years there're definitely more Roma stores around the city than there are Lazio stores i remember the second time i went to a match at the Olimpico um i was there at the last week of my study abroad and we were in Rome. It happened to be Lazio was the home team and they were playing Parmas when Giuseppe Rossi was on Parma as an American, Italian-American wanted to go see Giuseppe Rossi play. So like four or five of us wanted to get tickets. We could not find anywhere to buy Lazio tickets. Funny thing is we asked a couple of people, they're like, why would you want to buy Lazio tickets? Like the real team is Roma. I said, I'm, I'm a Roma fan, but I'm only here for a weekend. We want to go watch, you know, Parma play and to go see Giuseppe Rossi. And we ended up scalping tickets outside the stadium. And <laughs> it was just like, it, it did feel like, um, and as a Romanisti, I'm happy about this. It felt like more of a Roma city than a Lazio city, for sure, um, from my limited experience a decade and a half ago. And you could you kind of second that by saying when you walk around the stadium, you don't see much 
uh, in terms of Lazio like memorabilia and stuff compared to Roma. Right. Um, probably pretty similar to, you know, where you and I are both Islanders fans, yep. you know, a little bit more, you know, second B team perception for mm-hmm. the general region compared to the Rangers or Mets versus the Yankees and Cubs and the White Sox and other sports. Yeah, I think it's very different than like Milan where you have Inter and AC Milan and you kind of get that feeling that both teams have equal importance and just you pick a side. Whereas in Roma, it does feel like Roma is the first team. I don't know if that's because I'm a Roma fan, but it, it, I get that impression. It's kind of like Rangers, Islanders, where uh, in that rivalry, we're on the other side where we're the smaller team and we're like the Rangers are the big brother all the time. I feel like Yankees, Mets are like that a little bit too in in, in New York. One of the most interesting parallels and just thinking through the experience of what the gameplay match play was like and and watching what was happening around us from a fan perspective, it was a frustrating game for Roma. Couldn't convert, couldn't score, a brutal one nothing loss in a game that they controlled from a possession standpoint. Everyone was frustrated. It was like watching New York Islanders hockey. Everyone was Nothing was optimistic from a fan perspective in the arena. I was texting you in real time as the game was going on. We were next to a 13-year-old. We, were, we swear he was ready to have a beer and start smoking a cigarette because he was so stressed out. And that freneticism and frustration just reverberated through the entire building. Yeah, so I don't think we we referenced. You were at the uh, match a couple of weeks ago, not even a week and a half ago, Roma Atalanta. And yeah, I... After the match, I apologized to you because Roma didn't even score a goal. And I was, you know, after Atalanta scores, wait, wait till Roma scores a goal. Wait till the, the, the experience for that. They never did. It was very frustrating match to watch. But outside of the fact that it was a very frustrating match, you know, they were playing a very noteworthy opponent. Atalanta has been very good for the past five, six seasons now. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium and, and how did that strike you? The opening procession, the songs that were sung, everyone waving the the maroon and yellow flags and sheets that they gave out ahead of time gave me chills it was loud it was together there was a cohesiveness around it it was unbelievable right Seventy thousand individuals i think what it hit sixty-eight thousand. Sixty-eight from. something around there yeah it's incredible and it just reverberates through the hard surfaces throughout the stadium so uh, that was unbelievable yeah and you were fortunate to see a sellout because for for years and years and years italian teams have been struggling to sell out stadiums because part of it they're antiquated it's easier to watch at home these days and and things like that so with the freedkins and now jose Mourinho managing roma they've been selling out match after match the past to start this season and toward the end of last season so you got that full stadium experience which you know the pandemic of course stadiums were shut down then it was 25 percent, 50 percent. now fans are back um in earnest and it, it creates a, a great atmosphere so you've been to playoff hockey games here like how how did it compare in terms of just like the general feel and you know Roma fans are known as some of the, like the the most passionate in Italy and in Europe Italians are passionate to begin with this was a passionate fan base and I think it came through in frustration but ahead of that frustration was just so much enthusiasm and support for the team everyone was singing you could tell that it wasn't a casual atmosphere. There are no suits there. Everyone was in a yeah. jersey, in a colored shirt. They were fans of the team and the sport. Again, I think that's another fundamental difference between a fan experience at any sort of U.S. sporting match, where a lot of it is 
business and boxes and suites. There was none of that. It's a no frills experience. Everyone there wants to be there for soccer. Yeah, I think that is a key difference. And I thought of it as you were saying is like the, the new Yankee Stadium versus the old Yankee Stadium. The old Yankee Stadium was a lot more passion, you know, blue collar fans. And the new ones, a lot of corporate, a lot of suits, a lot, a lot of money for a lot of those seats. And it's, you know, it's a different experience than it used to be. So definitely a big fundamental difference with these older stadiums. So I know you said, right, just like a couple of little concession stands selling beer and like a panino. There's that, there's not much of that, uh, you know, to keep people happy. It's you go to watch the match and that's what you're there for. Nothing. It's little eight, 10 ounce beers, super small. They sell cafe and espresso, one or two types of beer, panino, and that's about it. There's nothing else there. And I think there's two per section and a restroom. And then you're sort of outside and unable to see. So very little from a, a food and beverage experience. Yeah, from what I remember, even when I went to the Allianz a couple of years ago, and that's the the most modern stadium in Italy for the Italy-England uh, match, I think concessions were pretty limited there. Um, yeah, I think it's just a cultural difference between uh, the American experience where there's got to be all these different varieties of food for people to eat because you got to you know, bring in concession dollars any way, which way you can, where Italy is very simple because you're there to watch the match for two hours and sing and, and hopefully cheer your team to victory. So pricing was also yeah. very different. It was five euros for a very small beer. So I guess if you were to normalize that to a U.S. tall boy at a game, it would be a little bit closer. But I think it's Yankee Stadium is has to be $20 a beer at this point, right? Yeah, I think it's like $15 for like a tall boy, yeah. Yeah, so five euro beers are small, so call it 10 with a normal size. Everything was pretty inexpensive. Yeah, yeah, definitely different than the U.S. in that regard. So despite Roma's loss, enjoyable experience overall? Absolute blast. Uh, Every time, and we're going to be back, I'm sure, in the spring or the fall in a different region, probably up north. We'll see if we can make it to an Ace Milan or an Inter game. Uh, but absolutely, I, I'd love to do this elsewhere, both at Roma again, it was so much fun, or another stadium if, if we're local. Nice. Um, any other recommendations for anyone visiting Roma? I put on your tour set um, for the matches. Do you have any favorite restaurant, anything you went to? Be spontaneous. I've always found the best experiences in Italy happen when things aren't as planned or as scripted as you'd like them to be. Any little osteria, small restaurant, mom and pop shop is just mind blowing when it comes to service experience, food quality, the freshness. So, you know, move one or two blocks off of your normal tourist path where it's super busy and you should find just amazing little nooks and restaurants and shops and everyone's willing to engage and talk and share a bit about their own story. Yeah, that's that's always the best way to find restaurants to get off the the beaten path a little bit because the the touristy places don't tend to have the best food. So I guess to close after this trip to the Olympico, do, can we count you as a Serie A fan and more importantly as a Roma fan? I'm not sure who my family from Italy is listening here, but yeah, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> All right, Brian, anything else you want to say before we let you go? Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We hope you guys enjoyed the interview. And uh, if, if you're making your first trip to the Olympico, hopefully Brian... Uh, Going as a, a Serie A novice and a Roma novice can help you find your way a little bit.